Welcome to the Sales Mindset Podcast. I am Dennis D. Pasquale, Dr. D. My name is Sam Hendrickson. Ryan Gurgis. All right, so for today we're going to talk about uh, how can you uh, effectively prospect and generate new leads? Oh, um, okay, so there's two pieces of this from my perspective. There's active and passive lead generation, if we want to think about it in that respect. And this is very industry dependent. So let's talk about active lead generation. This is you going out there and actually finding the people that you need to call. So for that, you're going to do, wow, um, this is really going to test me. So first is literally just sitting down and hitting the databases. Databases can be directories, it can be Googling, it can be just looking at what organizations or people are out there. So you're probably doing that already. You're looking for organizations that could benefit from sales training and saying, okay, I'm gonna prospect there and I'm gonna try and find who in there I'm going to talk to, whether it's an HR person, whether it's a sales vice president or whoever it happens to be. The And that's obvious. I think most people yeah. will think about that in terms of how they might generate their own book of business. Next would be circle of influence or sphere of influence if you want to think about it like that and that's just going out there and saying hey do you know anyone that uh and that's somewhat related to something called the warm channel now one of the things i'll often warn warn students about is when an organization starts to pressure you to leverage your warm channel and that's going after your friends and family and calling yeah. them usually financial services will do that to you but going to your warm channel and saying, I'm doing this, is there anyone that might be interested in it? I have a friend who just got into sales for a stone place. And so when I say a stone place, they make uh, the stone that might turn into a like a quartz or granite countertop. Okay. And so I could see my friend coming to us and saying, do you know anyone? So they might come to me. This is this is leveraging your warm channel. They might come to me and say, "So you just bought a house. Have you thought? What do you think about the countertops? Have you thought about getting new countertops?" Uh, and that's fine from my perspective. The problem is you don't want to burn your warm channel out because if he's like, "Hey, buy from me, buy from me, buy from me," I'm like, "Dude, chill." Mm -hmm. um, but also just letting people know, here's what I'm doing now. Here's the industry I happen to be in. He's in B2C, which is appropriate for that. So I'm doing countertops. If you know someone that's remodeling their home, I would love it if you could you know, pass, my, pass their name on to me or pass my name on to them. Uh, and I'll make sure that they're well taken care of. Make sure you have a good company that you're working for, that you're comfortable saying, uh, I'll, I'll do that. So yeah. that, because you don't, again, you don't want to have shoddy service and that comes back to you as a person, as a yeah. friend or a family member. Um, you can also join networking groups. A big networking group is like BNI, uh, which I don't even remember what it stands for these days. But BNI and other lead groups, what they do is you're supposed to come in with leads for other people in the group. It's usually exclusive. So the one leads group that I was in way back when, when I was doing more creative services, I did web design and graphic design. Once I was in that group, no one could join if they were web designer or graphic designer unless I said, it's okay, they're not really competing with me. And what I had to do is I had to bring a lead in 
every week mm-hmm. for someone in the group. And, of course, they were expected to bring in leads for other people. And eventually, once I got into the group, it took a couple months before I first got a lead from them because they didn't know me. Yeah, yeah. Right? But uh, still doing that. Being active in your community will help as well. Joining a civic group like Kiwana's Rotary, uh, I think it's Inner... One of those groups. They do. They usually do community service. Masons is probably what I was thinking of. That will also help you get your name out there. It's all about you know creating this opportunity for you to say, this is who I am, this is what I do, and I'm looking for leads. LinkedIn, just letting people know that you're out there. And start, yeah. starting to transition to the more passive lead generation as well. Passive lead generation is what are you doing so that people will pass leads on to you or that people will come to you for what you're doing now this is where you've really got to start thinking strategically so this is basically your promotion and so when you think about it uh, LinkedIn's your first area that you're almost always going to be doing lead generation and so what are you doing on LinkedIn to make sure that people are thinking about you people are coming to you and a lot of that's content generation so especially on LinkedIn, be that subject matter expert. So for my friend who's into granite or stones, excuse me, stoneworks and and countertops, what type of articles is he posting? What type of expert advice is he giving or passing on through his LinkedIn so that people are constantly thinking of him for that? Mm -hmm. You know, for me, and I'm I'm horrible about this when it comes to LinkedIn, but what kind of sales stuff am I posting on LinkedIn? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, what kind of mindset stuff am I posting on LinkedIn? And that's where my TikTok comes into play. You know, my TikTok is purely mindset on on you know having the right you know, approach to life, if you will, to, to make yourself better. And it's not even sales focused. But I think of when I think about social media and TikTok, actually, I think of two individuals that I follow on there because they're entertaining, but they're also generating leads through what they're doing. One is well in septic life, and this dude is literally a septic dude. He he pumps shit for a living. Yeah. But his his content is entertaining and informative. Mm-hmm. Same area, Inspector AJ, he, he, so the Well and Septic Life is based out of North Carolina. Uh, inspector AJ is, I believe, in the Nashville area, and he's a home inspector. And actually, he's got some great advice for people who are looking for home inspectors. Now, he's got, both of them have several million followers. Now, are all of those followers necessarily going to be potential customers? No, probably a very minority of them. But a couple things happen when you're doing something like that. One, for those people that do find you in the area, and our cell phones are great at proximity, Yeah. so they're going to see your stuff, and they may be the first, through direct message or whatever, they may get in touch with this person. But also, you know, when someone starts looking for someone, you're likely to come up. Mm-hmm. And so in that vein, it helps with these inbound leads that are going to to do what you need to do. Uh, when you take our sales training course, there's a formula for making sure that you're, they met, for, for figuring out how many leads you need based on all of your goals. And I know the two of you have access to the worksheets to be able to say, oh, I wanna make X amount of money yeah, by yeah. the end of the quarter, by the end of the year, this is how many it, it 
takes you all the way back to how many calls you have to make based on your conversion rate. So it's going to be important for you to think about that lead generation and how you're going to do it. Email marketing is also important. And so a lot of our CRMs today, HubSpot, Salesforce, whatever you're thinking of there, they have opportunities to get people into your email system so that you can email out. Now I've seen people use that very well and I've seen people abuse it quite a, quite a bit as well. Yeah. Uh, someone did Instagram ads. Instagram ads, Facebook ads, advertising is a way of generating leads as well. And uh, I was actually very interested in this because it was legal protection for, for training courses. It's Instagram snooping on what I'm saying. And I signed up uh, to get some sort of e-download or whatever. Great, but then they were emailing me like three times a day. No exaggeration. Three times a day. Uh, out of control? Out of control. So I, and, and I actually expected that. So what I did is I, spe- I set up a specific spam account for it. Uh-huh. And he was the first person that I signed up for. And I haven't really signed up for anything else. And it's just straight up this yeah, dude's yeah. name in my entire inbox. And it's like... Some days, three days. Some days, once a day. Thanks for the break. <laughs> um, so, like, you want to make sure that you're doing it quite right. And, of course, if you're doing things like that, when you're doing social media, email newsletters, uh, whatever it is, what are you doing to provide value? It's not yeah, about, yeah. you know, I'm Brian Gurgis, I'm Sam Hendrickson, I can sell you a sales training course. No, that's not going to interest people. I'm Brian Gurgis. Here's something you can do to boost your sales today. Mm-hmm. And, of course, what that's going to do is it's going to say, oh, maybe I need to get in touch with this guy for a little bit more information. I'm Sam Hendrickson. I am working for Ganesha Holdings and Educational Services, and you know, we are here to help you, and here's one of the examples of how we can help you. So here's some benefit to you. Yeah. Uh, you know, and we can talk about the mindset stuff. That's The podcast is a lead generation tool uh, as well. The, 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 it's, I love having these conversations with you, but you know, a big part of it is because you know, I want to bring some training in. Yeah, sure. You want to make something that people want to click on or want to check out, yes. connect them to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I think one of the biggest things with passive lead generation is definitely your reputation. Mm-hmm. And especially it works a lot more with those smaller uh, companies and just tighter communities. Oh, yeah. And uh, that's always going to be specific to your role and might not even to apply to a salesman, but kind of, I mean, the same scenario, you know, you can equate it to being a salesman, but I'm thinking about my uh, parents' company right now. They're a construction firm and they do, I mean, it's work almost year round, obviously. It kind of like comes and goes because these snowbirds a little bit. (laughs) Um, So sometimes when they're away and then they want people to, they want the, my parents' company to come in and do some remodeling work, but it's literally this uh, <clears throat> this neighborhood, and I mean, every year with since like I, I don't know how when they first started doing work in there, but they always have like three, four, five, six houses they're always working on in there, and I mean it's just passive lead generation. Whenever someone wants to do any work, you know they've got neighbors. They say, oh yeah. Go check out them. And so that's what I think is uh, super important with, I mean, even being a salesman, making sure your reputation is good, making mm-hmm. sure the people that you deal with, um, you know, that you have a good reputation with them. And so if they know anybody, like, kind of using their warm channel, mm-hmm. and so, like, they, they might have their own gathering at a house, like a little house party, and they're like, okay, yeah, I know, I know you guys uh, solved this problem, you know, who... 
who helped you with that? Oh, yeah, it was this guy. And so then they mm-hmm. might actually, that that's just another passive, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. generation there. Word of mouth is huge, for sure. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, so and it requires you to do a good job. Um, I'm going to go back to this fence, which I talked about a couple podcasts ago. Um, you know, one of the things they did very well is they installed it fast. Unfortunately, is, is often in business, you can either get something done fast or you can get something done quality. Mm-hmm. And there's some quality issues with that particular fence. Word of mouth is going to actually be poor. If, mm. if someone now the way he handled it customer service wise I think was great he's very apologetic the way the fence is installed unless they rip that fence out which I do not want them to do yeah um, like the entire fence is concreted in and the type of fence they put in means that once it's in it's in that was probably one of the ways that I actually got the fence done quicker now so you got to watch out for that negative word of mouth. You've got to generate that positive word of mouth. And, and what this leads to is the, the three sales that I talk about. And uh, you know, I plan on finishing that book this summer. And if you take the sales training course, I talk about it. But just to, the brief part of it is for the, for the listeners more so than you guys because you've heard about it, is when you're selling something, there's three things that you're selling. You're selling the product or service, which is very obvious. You're selling the company and then you're selling yourself. And I think when you're talking about lead generation, who you are matters. And yeah. this is, you know, when we talk about embodying the identity of who you are, then that's a big piece of it, which means being the professional you even when you're not being the professional you. You know, I you know, being having no trouble owning that you're a salesperson. And I know a lot of people out there sometimes see it as a as a dirty word or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you're selling the products and service, that's that's pretty obvious, at the, uh, by and large, pretty obvious. But the brand that you're selling, the company, the reputation of that, of that particular company is, is important. And your reputation is important as well. And, uh, you know, it comes down to making sure that, you know, you're, you're taking care of that aspect. Sure. What would uh, what would you say? Is there anything that you've done with AI to do any lead generation? Mm. So, one of the things that's important to note about that is how many artificial intelligence have come out since then. So you can use AI to shortcut yourself and come up with a directory. So, uh, ChatGPT is the go-to right now. It's the one everyone knows about, but there's probably better ones for this. Regardless, I have gone on ChatGPT and said generate a list of companies in the Gainesville area in the North Central Florida area mm-hmm. that are in this particular sector and order them by the distance from Gainesville's central point. It will do that for you. Now, the issue with ChatGPT is that its data is a little old, so some of the companies are not necessarily going to be there. However, it's still going to give you a starting point. Yeah, You need to go from there to leveraging other databases. Uh, some companies may pay for something like ZoomInfo or, or other areas that can help you figure out you know, how to prospect within that particular company and find people within that company. Still, a lot of what ZoomInfo and those groups do is something you could do yourself. So, for example, you know, 
just like at Kanaz, we have our own standard email address structure. Most companies have that standardized structure as well. So if you can find one person's email address at that company, you can find yeah. anyone's email address at that particular company because it's going to most likely follow that standardization. Mm-hmm. So that'll help you get into into that. Now, Zoom Info goes a little further and some of the databases going a little further in terms of having phone numbers and, and whatnot that you can do. Uh, what AI is not going to be able to find out is going to be able to find out those directory things that, that you happen to be looking for. But you can always reach out to other people. You know, different salespeople may have contacts as well, and sometimes they'll be willing to share, sometimes they won't. Usually you want to find out the ones, uh, find salespeople that aren't competing with you that also might be interested in helping you out. Yeah, yeah. Wanting to set up as many exchanges as possible. Yeah. So, Brian, I'm going to flip this over to you since you did advertising. I know you said you weren't a fan of advertising sales. How did you generate your leads? Sure. There were kind of two different ways that I did advertising sales. So I did some print advertising for a little bit for the Florida Alligator, the newspaper up here. And I also did sales for an advertising agency that kind of specializes social media and web design and a few other digital services, but we really narrowed in on social Mm -hmm. media and, and web design. The best way that we generated leads really was cold calling. Mm. That was what we did. We went on LinkedIn, Google, looked around at specific areas that we knew were in newer demand or maybe new businesses Mm. where we could kind of be some of the first people to contact them. Uh, When Cavagator, a a local Cava place here in Gainesville, opened up, we wanted to shoot right over there and we were one of the first people to talk to them. A large part of it was trying to find the little niches that other people might not have thought of and then almost like sprout, uh, placing a sprout and budding it off of there. And I don't know that I'd be able to pull the best examples from that because I was very amateur, that, that whole process. Mm-hmm. But specifically from, to, uh, more so with what I'm doing with like real estate uh, lead generation right now that, that I'm looking to do is finding those little niches and sprouting it from there. That way when you're putting as much time as possible or you're putting all the effort into the sprouts, they're a little bit more fruitful than just picking up the phone and calling back to back to back to back, like for real estate listings. It's so like calling all the expired listings and making sure they're on the do not call list like everybody is and just cranking out calls for random people. Do that, sure, because cold calls are great, but also think about the relationships that you have. So like the first step for us is like the spheres of influence that like you talked about. So I went on my my phone i spent a couple hours like writing down every single person that i knew that i could reasonably talk to like hey do you know somebody or even them potentially and had them almost like different spheres around me it's kind of like how they described it like immediate friends uh, acquaintances of friends and family co-workers previous business associates stuff like that mm-hmm. and kind of stepping up from there and i have a list and i think almost everybody knows more people than they think they do especially when they kind of bust into that like my list turned out to be over 100 people long and that I don't know if that's typical, but I, I don't consider myself a crazy social extroverted person all the time in my <laughs> personal life. And it turned out to be a huge list that I wasn't even expecting. And I wouldn't even be able to scratch the surface in a month about or as far as actively contacting everybody. Thinking about the relationships with businesses that I have, like I have with 
Covigator or other local businesses where I could walk in and say, oh, hey, it's good to see you, you know, just talk to the owner because I know them. Say, would it be all right if I left some business cards in the store here for people to pick up? Yeah. Utilize what you already have for free advertising, and that way when you push even harder on those sources, whether it be your existing connections or you call expired listings, you can even round the horses and maybe they've seen you in two or three different places at that point when you call them. Mm-hmm. Like, as much as possible, try to warm up leads around you. Mm-hmm. First of all, all the colorful language from rounding the horses to all these sprouts. <laughs> yeah, um, sure. <laughs> uh, let, I want to go back on something. You yeah, said sure. it's amateurish. Maybe you wouldn't recommend it. Help, sure. our, help our listeners out. Why? Yeah, sure. It was a very disjointed process. When we did the advertising sales for social media and web design advertising, I wasn't as informed on how to really do that. It was incredibly valuable, and I, I learned so much. Just you know, going off the seat of my pants and doing stuff. And it, and it got much better over time, finding out what worked and what didn't. And then I took different courses at the university that kind of pointed me in the right direction. I got more proper experience and direct coaching from people that changed it over the course of the two years that I was doing it. But at first, it was literally just looking up a list of businesses on Google Maps and calling them. And then it transitioned to, all right, let's qualify them a little bit more. Let's go on LinkedIn, learn who the owners are, find that owner's email address, email the owner, the director of marketing, or whoever would be in charge of it, and making it so when we did call or we did get in contact with them, we're not a stranger anymore. And that was almost stage two. Mm -hmm. And then stage three is what are alternative sources that we could find to understand which ones are more valuable or which ones are more valuable to go after, like going on the their social media page and see what events they participated in and see maybe who traveled in those same circles or see if they hired other advertising personnel or teams in the past or if they've hired other external marketing work before what is their budget willing to do and qualifying them in a way that you know when you talk to them you can say oh actually i saw on your social media that you that you did this event like who'd you work for with that and like sit down and have proper conversations you know, some more personal than others, depending on what the circumstances were. But a lot of it was like knowledge was power as far as lead generation was learning as much as possible about somebody that way when it went in, it was a warmer lead as opposed to a colder lead. Mm-hmm. And they're always going to be stronger. So you said something that made me think of a lecture I did in class. And I know you probably weren't doing it formally, but it's that whole portfolio management of understanding who's a valuable prospect, who might not be a valuable prospect? Who do you put the effort yeah, into yeah. and who do you don't put the effort into? Yeah, the, the, the 80-20 rule, I guess, for um, what is it, Pareto's Law. The Pareto's yeah. princi- the Pareto Pareto principle. principle or Pareto distribution. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people call it the 80-20 rule. Uh, you'll see a bunch of different uh, a- applications of that. Sure. But yeah, you, you want to make sure that you're focusing on people that are not just going to be profitable, but you're not going to have to expend an excessive amount of energy yeah. to be able to make that person a client. Yeah, sure. Uh, the the idea, for, for those that are unaware, the Pareto's Law, 20% of your portfolio will yield 80% of your profits. 20% of your clients yield 80% of the headaches. And that, yeah. that, that whole concept of uh, 20% of a given batch is 80% of its value. Yeah. Uh, there's a related principle, and it's more about employees than anything else. Is prices principle? I think it's prices principle. Yeah, prices law. Prices law, mm-hmm. uh, which is the uh, square root of your employees or your team. That's where your productivity actually comes from. So mm-hmm. that just means that the larger your organization, the more substantial your inefficiencies actually sure. happen to be in, which yeah. can be a challenge uh, to to change. And that explains a lot of 
a lot of layoffs actually if you look at like what Musk did and and whatnot. It, sure. But it's still a Pareto distribution, a Pareto principle. Yeah, yeah. I believe it's fifty percent of the productivity comes from the square root of your employees. So if you have that's a, it, that's if it. You yeah. have a hundred employees. You know, ten percent of them are responsible for fifty percent of your productivity, which is ridiculous it's rough it's it's, it's rough. crazy to think about but it, yeah. i mean it's yeah. it is true so yeah. there's three of us what's that mean well it seems we're, we're batting pretty good because <laughs> yeah, if i think it's at, all you guys to be if, you're, if you're at four i mean that's that's <laughs> average it, but i didn't feel like that in the uh the bdp projects and there's four of us i thought two of us were carrying 100 percent. well that's it yeah your your college group uh your college groups will be a perfect example of that yeah. there's always yeah. that one person in the group uh as an instructor of course it's it's how do i deal with that and there's never a good answer for it mm -hmm. sure. great well that's that's prospecting or more specifically lead generation sure. i suppose uh great conversation guys do you have anything to add to it i'm good i think so as well excellent well thanks for joining us and we're looking forward to the next time until then